Stood in the courtroom, the judge turned my way. It looks like you're guilty. Now what do you say? I spoke up, Your Honor. I have no defense, but that's when Percy mercy not just what we did in the past but even knowing what we would do in the future and he still thought of us my 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 he has forgiven us hasn't he amen welcome to the house of the Lord tonight uh, so we're at the last day of August and we still got summer going strong and we love it don't we <laughs> Just a couple of quick notes before we go to the Word. There's been a lot of activity with the parking on 156th Street, and I just wanted to say it was blocked off. Some of the handicapped stalls were blocked off on Sunday. We're trying to make provisions around it. And then also um, the access was blocked off earlier today, so I don't know if 156th is open. But if you are going out east on, on 156, you cannot make a left turn. You can only go right. So just try to judge accordingly to, to what's going on. And if you can't get out 
so for today, you can go out back on 92nd. But I would again just say, please, 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 watch your speed. Go slow. Just exercise caution. Thank you. That's for the benefit of our children. That's for the benefit of everyone. This Sunday is a long weekend. It's Labor Day. We just have one service on Sunday that was posted on the website, but I just want to make that announcement. So this Sunday, there'll just be one service Sunday morning. Also, last Sunday, I'd mentioned some of the children are going back to school this week. Some ne next week, I'd wanted to have prayer. We didn't do that, but the Lord willing, we'll do that this Sunday with our children. I think we really, really, really need to uphold our children as they go to school, and not the children, but the parents only. Amen. We had prayer for a number of different things in the last while. We'd been mentioning prayer for this Sister Solis, that's this Brother Mike uh, Walls Assembly in Washington, that's his song leader, whose name was Michael, and I mentioned she had taken a turn for the worse. Many, many people, congregations were praying for, and the Lord saw fit to take her home. So we, we just had this consolation. We're mature Christians, and when God doesn't answer the way we want, we say, He knows what's best. And we thank Him that He's faithful and He's true. Also, Sister Sarah Friesen was praying for her niece. I didn't, um, I didn't bring my device up here today because somebody said something about it the other day. I said, well, I, I won't bring it up today. And, and part of the reason I didn't bring it up is because I forgot it. And I, I was listening to Brother, Brother Paul LaFontaine at a service the other day, and he said, you know what? When we go in the rapture, your cell phone's not going with you. So let's get used to it a little bit. <laughs> We're so attached and tethered to these things. Hey, two hands up here. But I, I have a lot of notes and things on there. But I, So Sister Sarah had mentioned about her niece. She's out of the hospital, everything doing really well. And we thank God for that. Great nephew. That's what it was. I'm sorry. See, I'm just going by memory, and that's not as good as, as some of the other things. Um, also, Brother Ron Spencer had... Uh, they have special meetings this weekend. It's their Labor Day me meetings. And, and much like before our meetings, there's different things that happen. Well, today, a brother in his congregation, his father, had gone into some kind of a, um, a container. He'd been swallowed up by, by some things. There, there were some different gases and things, and he was overcome, and they had pulled him out. They had to drill holes, and they made a request earlier today, just pray, pray, pray. And a number of ministers, and I shared it with our ministers here. Well, just before service, I get a text from Brother Ron. Miracle. He, he's in the hospital, but he's good. He's been discharged. <laughs> and so... <laughs> Maybe as you play something softly and you have a need tonight, I want to just sing, bring all your needs to the altar. I want to bring one other need before you tonight. You know, the world around us is dying. We are in, there are people that we know every day. And, you know, sometimes we, we take a superficial, carnal view of it. But I, I don't want anybody to suffer. I don't want people to go into a tribulation. And whatever we can do, we want to make it better. But I have uh, a client of mine that I've been working with for a number of years. And they had a property in, in the Okanagan, Kelowna. And, and it taken a while to get it. We got it very close to being approved. And... And then they called me and said, we're, we're having to cancel the project. And it was a very substantial 
project. We've had a illness in the family, a cancer's come, and they, it's him and his wife, and they have two children, and I assumed it was his wife. Anyway, they moved back here, and I'm still working with them on another project now, and, and when I asked him one day, he said, no, it's my daughter. It's my 20-year-old daughter. She's been diagnosed with stomach cancer. And I said, they may be giving her a year. Well, this was three and a half months ago. The last few days, she's, they said she's down to her last little bit. I mean, I can't imagine a 20-year-old girl being overcome by a demon like cancer. And I just prayed, and I just said to him, and he, he, he knows I'm a Christian, and I said, Rob, we're going to remember your daughter. Her name is Megan, and I just want us to remember because, Lord, if it's not her time, she has a soul. If, if there'd be something that could come and would help them, and, and even a family, and to have that torn apart, I just want to remember that in prayer. I believe God hears our prayers. We, we are like Esther. We're, we're before the throne, and he's ready to hear us. So if you have a need tonight and you believe he's the high priest touched by the feeling of your infirmities, let's just sing this, and we're going to pray together. I believe God hears our prayers. I really do. Bring all your needs to the altar. tonight. Heavenly Father, we're grateful that we have a place we can come to, an altar, a God who, Lord, has reason and purpose of being. And that reason and purpose is there's a people in the earth. There's fallen mankind. And because it was your attribute, Lord, to be a healer, because it was your attribute to be a savior, because it was your attribute to be a comforter, Lord, we can come to you tonight and your purpose can be fulfilled. Lord, we come not just begging and groveling, but Lord, we come as your children. And you said healing is the children's bread. Lord, we come before you tonight with confidence that you hear our prayers. We come and we look into your eyes, O oh Lord. And Father, as your people, we're asking you.
Lord, with feeling in our hearts, with love for the people, with love for fallen humanity. Lord, we hate the sin. We hate what this world has. But, oh God, there are souls. And we're asking you tonight, Lord, as I've made requests, Lord, this girl, a young girl, her name is Megan. But, Father, we lift her up before the throne of grace tonight. Lord, I mentioned that we would be praying. And he said, thank you. Lord, you can come. You can change the situation. Lord, we don't just look at what the doctor says. We don't just look at what the circumstances are, what the probability is, what the outcome may be foregone. But Lord, we're asking as we're standing here, believing that even now events can change. Lord, there's a people on earth that can change circumstances. We are those people, oh God. And you've ordained us to stand here in this age. And Lord, we rub shoulders with many people. We come in contact with many people. And we're, we're asking, Father, it's not us, but it's you that's in us. It's Christ in us, oh God. And we're asking, oh Lord, that Christ would manifest himself in this situation. Lord, other needs and hands were lifted. Would you remember us as we bring these needs? And Lord, we also want to say thank you. Thank you for the report from Brother Ron Spencer tonight. Thank you, O Lord, for the report for the nephew of Sister Sarah. Thank you, O Lord, for the things that you're doing. Thank you for your faithfulness, O Lord. Thank you that we can stand here in full assurance that you do all things well. Lord, as we stand here now, we want to just turn this for a short while to the service, to the Word. Lord, as we've gathered in, strengthen us, Lord. Build us up, Father, that we may serve you better. Lord, we now commit the words to be spoken in your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. God bless you. Let's turn in our Bibles, Isaiah chapter 53. We'll read the first three verses. And then we're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 after that. Isaiah 53. As I was uh, talking, and I, I also wanted to make mention, I know the, the Wackelchucks had some serious prayer requests they made known on Sunday. That's what I was calling you about today. So we're remembering those, and, and we're, we're praying for those as well. And... Um, Second, first, let's read Isaiah 53. But I, I believe we also need to testify. And, and we need to not just, just, just call on God when he's needy, but we need to testify. And say, Lord, look at what you did. Look at what you did. And I don't, I don't know if you've ever heard the, the service testimony on the sea. But I, I felt like we, we need to do that in one service. And, and I've actually talked to a couple people and called them already and people that we don't maybe know all the time and see all the time, but I said, I want you to put a few things down, so when we're going to have a testimony service one day, I, I, I feel like we need to, to remind the devil of all that God has done, and I, I think it's good that we, we, we remember some of the things he did in our life. Amen. Okay, Isaiah 53, verse 1, who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed. 
For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him, and he was despised, and we esteemed him not. I, I didn't have the time, it was on my phone, but to take the definition of the word esteem, that means to hold in a higher regard and to, to place so we esteemed him not. Second Corinthians chapter 4, we will read in, in just a couple of verses. I, I, just to sort of lay the context, Paul is saying in verse 1, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we've received mercy, we faint not. There's lots of reason to faint. There's lots of reason to worry if we just take it humanly speaking. There's lots of things that are going on. Verse 4. And it says, the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So I'm, I'm, I'm bringing a principle here. Verse 7. And then he says, but we have this treasure in earthen, earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. So you, you take some of these verses, there, there's a great contrast. There, there's, there's a great something that's there, but it's not perceived. It's not esteemed. It's not noticed superficially. And then it would say this in verse 8, for we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, Cast down, but not destroyed. And now I'll just drop down to verse 16. For which cause we faint not. For though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So while we look at the things which are, while we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. What are you looking at? Something you can't see. <laughs> and he says, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. God bless his word. You may have your seats. Last Wednesday, I spoke on a translated substance that's talking about faith. Faith is actually a substance. Faith is based on something that's there, though it's not seen. And today, I want to just speak a little further on faith, and I want to preach it, maybe not so much, but maybe I will. I don't know. I, I just want to lay in the Word, and I, I feel it's, it's good to just sometimes look at the Word, look at examples, let faith build up to the Word. I'll use a bit of a strange title tonight, and I'll call it Seeing the Something in Nothing. Now, I want you just to hold that, okay? 
because uh, there's a natural seeing, there's a natural thinking. And, and, and sometimes even as Christians, we look at something and we think, ah, that's nothing. But hang on, we're, we're, we're going to dig into it a little bit here. So in, 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 Brother Branham would, would speak and he would talk about the Christian armor. And, and he would say the whole Christian armor, he says, tonight, my dear friends, we look at the unseen. The supernatural is what you do not see, but what you believe and act on as though it was. See? Everything in the Christian armor is supernatural. We do not look at what we see. We look at what we do not see. You cannot be healed only by through looking at what you do not see. Now, he, he used a really good example, and I had saved this, but as I'm just thinking about it, it was in, in, it was in um, an example of a mother and father who had a little boy, and, and uh, he was really sick. It was, there was nothing left for him, and, and it seemed like he had been unconscious for about three days. He was barely breathing, and they called Brother Branham to come and pray for that boy. So they, he went into the hospital boy, and he began to just pray for him. Now, part of this prayer was based on the respect they had on how God operated through that gift. And when you have respect unto God's gifts, you receive the benefit of God's gifts. And so there's an approach to these things. And they believed that if, if they could get Brother Branham to pray, everything would be well. Just like the woman who touched Jesus' garment. If I can touch his garment, everything's going to be okay. So as they're, as they're doing this, and, and so now he prayed and he got up, and the old father took the mother in his arms and said, Think of it, honey. Our boy is healed. There was no sign of it all. They were just hugging each other, thanking the Lord. And this little nurse, or, you know, it was a young lady. She was probably 18, 20 years old. She, you know, she had her nurse's band. She was a graduate nurse. And she looked at the mother and said, Sir, you don't understand. That boy is dying. And he said, Oh, no. The boy is going to live. And he says, How can you act like that? And, and you know your boy is dying. And, 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 and she's talking to Brother Branham. You give these people such a false impression. And he said, it's not a false impression. And, and, and she said, now look. And, and he says, now there's a doctor sitting here. And he says, now I don't know about medicine, the instrument of medical terms. There's a cardiogram. His heart was so low, it had been low. The nurse repeated this to the doctor. There's never been a known case in history. If a heart ever got so low, it's ever going to revive again. And now Brother Branham's there. He's, he's listening. He's watching all of this. And then he looks over at the man. And he says, I'll never forget that old man's look. That old fatherly-like fellow walked up and put his hand on the little nurse's shoulder. And he said, Sister, you are looking at your chart. He says, but that's all you know. I'm looking at a divine promise. And he said, 
And then he said, now the end, the end of it, he says, that boy is a missionary in Africa now. He said, he's got three children. See, it depends what you're looking at. He says, it's the same faith. And, he's, and I'm picking up on what uh, the centurion said, or, or the, what they, uh, Jarius said, if you'll just lay your hands on the child, he'll get well. So... It wasn't putting an act, uh, an, on an act. The old fellow believed it. He actually got a hold of something. It was substance. I, I, when I, I wrote this down and I had a different title and I thought <coughs> I was going to speak on accumulating substance. And then I thought I would be labeled as a prosperity preacher if I did that. Because that's what a lot of them preach. And I, I, I've been looking at a, at a few Bible videos and, and, in, and they inject this thing and, and, and they, they, they must know you're a Christian. And, and they say, would you like to build a kingdom and, and have wealth? And I'm going, why in the world do they associate that with us? That's not who we are. We're not kingdom builders. We've we're, 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 we, we, we got another kingdom. It's not of this world. Anyway, so I, I shared that. And, and I, I, now I, I want to just take a couple of other thoughts. Now, the only way you'll ever be able to tame anything from God is by faith. The whole Christian armor is faith. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, meekness, gentleness, patience, all the unseen. I, I was looking at a story, and it was a man who had been a very well-known coach in, in professional ranks, and um, they, they found some emails in his past, showed he'd been a bit of a bully and things, and he was disgraced when these emails came on, he was fired from his job, etc., etc., and, and now it's a year and a half, two years later, and, 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 and he made an article, and, and he says, listen, I'm not really as bad as it says. I go to church, and I do this and this, and then I, I looked at all the comments under, go to church, what does that mean? It shows a lot le level that people have with going to church. Because a lot of people go to church and don't act like a Christian. I say, we're on a higher level than just going to church. It lives within us. It breathes within us. It's real. And so, so the whole Christian armor is faith, love, joy, peace. And we as Christians do not look at what we see. We believe what we see. We look at what we believe. Now, he would say, Mary, when God told her, Hail Mary, your favorite among women, you're going to give birth to a child without knowing a man. You just accepted the angel's word. She began to testify and tell the people that she's going to have a, ba a, a, a baby without knowing a man before there was any natural evidence. She just believed it, and she acted upon what she believed. That's what you've got to do to get well. The whole Christian armor is faith. There's not one natural thing. Everything is supernatural. We call those things which were as though they are not. Uh, Brother Brandon would often use this, and I, I always wondered, you know, did he actually see this? But he talks about Abraham and how the dialogue must have been with Abraham and Sarah when they got up. And, and Sarah, how are you feeling today? I don't feel any better. I feel old. I feel such, oh, praise the Lord. We're going to have the baby anyhow. And, and, and he says, go on, just make the booties. Go on, just do these things. I, I, somewhere, I don't believe it was flippant, but I think he walked, believing, took footsteps. He actually saw something. Now, Abraham, and I, I want you just to think about the continuation of faith. Abraham, he walked because he met 
the king. He, he looked for a city, the Bible says. How did he know there was a city? He had met the king of that city. He had met Melchizedek. Therefore, he knew there was a city. And I'll say this, when you meet God, it puts something in you. It makes you believe things. I'll say this, not when you learn the message, not when you just come to a higher level, etc., etc., but when you actually meet God, He will place things in you that you believe and you don't even understand or you don't even know why. So, seeing the something in nothing. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, etc., etc. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11 for a minute. <clears throat> we used the scripture last week. <coughs> Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. And in the commentary on this, I call it the divine commentary. Brother Bram says, God spoke the word. He believed his word and it came to pass. Now, you, you might say, and, I, and I, I will use it this way, is that God was speaking from a position of being God. He was the author of faith. He was the one who looked at faith. He was, he was the one who, who devised faith as a basis for communicating with his children. So I, I want to just say it this way, that, that faith is is, it was God's way of doing it. But you could say, because he was God, he was operating from a supreme place of authority, from a supreme place of, 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 uh, uh, of dominion, and he would have no trouble believing in faith. But here comes you and I into this world. We are anything but in that position. We are anything of that. In fact, we've got many deficiencies We've got many things that are against us. We have many scars sometimes from childhood. We've got many things that, that, that are in our past and in our baggage. We, we have current situations. We have different things that are with us. But somehow God gives us something inside. Something inside that allows us, you know, when, when the word crosses our path and, 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 and we, we pick it up and we say, there's something about that. Now, there's many examples we could use in the scripture. But one of them I want you to think about was this woman who, who had a child. It was down to her last meal. And she was down to her last meal. And she's in the Bible. It's a time of famine. And she's saying, well, son, there's nothing else left. It's got one more meal and we're going to die. And she goes there and she's doing it. And she sees this man standing there. And, and, he, and he had a beard and he had different things. And as he's standing there, and, and as he's there, he says, go make me a cake first. Now, this doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And she looked at him and said, I don't know him from anything. And what is he more than my son who is there? And what is this? But something struck her. 
and something said there's something real about what he did. Now, there was no promise given. There was no nothing given. But there was something inside that is genuine. And, and there was a substance that she took a hold of. Now, that's no different, friends, than any one of us. When we crossed, the message crossed our path. You know, I, I remember, how many remember Sister Billy? Okay, it's good. There's some young people that raised their hands too. Anybody under 70 is a young person in my books. <laughs> it's funny how that changes over time. At any rate, so it, uh, Sister Billy, God bless her. What a wonderful sister and, and, and such. The very first message she ever heard was marriage and divorce. And you know how hard that message could come across. But she said, that's the truth. This man has got the words of eternal life. There was something in her that resonated. She saw something to which her eyes, to which many people around said, oh, there's nothing in that. But she saw something in that. And it was real to her and what the rest of the world didn't see. Brother Branham would say this. We've been given six, five senses. Five to contact our earthly home. And he says, but there is a sixth sense. And it says that inside man, that inside spirit has two senses. And when your faith says you're going to be healed, it's the same as saying there's a man who has a red tie and a brown suit. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, I'm just going to use, make an example here. Brother John, come on up here. I think you were used as an example the other day. I'm going to use him as an example. And, and, and now, next service, we'll move to anybody else that's sitting in the front row. And you watch how many more people will be sitting in the front row. So, now Brother Adam would, would say, there's a man standing before me. And he has kind of a checked suit on. So you're the only one that had a, well, Brother Max had a suit on. That, that's okay. But the problem was, this quote says he was tall, and you were slightly taller than Max. So I, I had to take you. So you're tall for the purpose of this quotation. And he says, now, that man is standing there. Uh, how do I know he's standing there? Because I'm using the sense of sight. Now, my sight would be slightly impaired, and I could see, yeah, he's still there. I, I can tell that. But, but by the sense of sight, I know he's there. Now, he said, now, if I didn't have sight and I couldn't see him, now, I'd have to rely on one of my other senses, and, and I wouldn't know he's there. I don't even, okay, I have to look and see where I was. I wasn't on top of you. So I'd have to use one of my other senses. Maybe I'd use my hearing, and I could hear him breathing. Okay, yeah, he's there. I can, I can feel him. I, I, I can see his breathing. Or else I'd have to go to smell. No, no, I don't want to go there. Um, or, or I'd have to go to taste, and I don't want to go there either. But, but, you know, <laughs> but I could go to feeling. Okay, I can't see him, but I can feel him. I, I, won't, I won't do this, okay? But I, I can feel him. So, so these senses are good. They declare all of these things. But if, if I knew... By faith, Brother John is a faithful man, and he's going to be at church tonight. He's going to be maybe in a position in the musicians and the orchestra. Uh, by faith, I could say, uh, he'll be there. I know he'll be there. Yeah. 
And, 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 and that would be a declaration. Now all the others would, would say, well, yeah, sight would be the greatest. But all the others would declare it. So every one of these are a declaration of seeing something, if I can call it. So I, I might not be able to see them, but I, I, I'm going to use Brother Cadre Diggs for a minute, and, and we're having Brother Cadre come here in September uh, for a service. But Brother Cadre, he'll, he'll often go, and, and as he's talking, you know, he, he ministers, Brother Cadre ministers without notes. He just prays and, and seeks the Lord. And you, you hear him every once in a while, and he says, he goes on a path, he says, I'm sniffing something out here. Now, he's not smelling naturally, but the Lord has put something on his trail. So now I could, I, you know, I might not know Brother John is, is there by not seeing him, but I could hear his voice in the orchestra. And I, I would know that he's there. So, so there's something that leads me in my natural senses to, to see something. I might not see the whole thing, but it would lead me to it. Go ahead and sit down, Brother John. Thank you. We appreciate Brother John. And, uh, and, and so now, Brother Bannon would say all of these things. Now, when my, some of my senses are inactive. Now, I, I want you to take faith. Sometimes, and I, you know, sometimes we make faith like you're up here, but you know, we have to build to it. So, so faith has to move upwards. It's not all in one shot. And, 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 and so faith has, has to move. And how do we know, how are we going to take a rapture if we don't have need to exercise our faith a little bit? Just go to, I had, I had a scripture I wanted to take here. Go to Hebrews chapter 6 for a minute. <coughs> Hebrews chapter 6. We, we took this Last Sunday, and it, uh, sorry, last Wednesday, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let's go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. Verse 2, on the doctrine of baptisms, of laying of hands, of, etern- of resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And they said, and this we will do if God permit. Now, whenever the scripture is made, I, and I always like to look at the context. I, I do this in the message. When Brother Branham makes a statement I back up and say, okay, how did he get to that? How, how did he lead into that? And I, I do the same thing with the scripture. So I'm going to back up for a minute and, and, and go to Hebrews chapter 5. And in Hebrews chapter 5, now, um, we'll, we'll just go right, right to the beginning because, well, uh, no, you know what, let's just go, go to Hebrews chapter 5 and let's, let's just pick up in verse 11. Now, he's, he's talking about, Paul's talking about Melchizedek. It says, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. For when the time you ought to be teachers, you have one that needs to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God and become as such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For every one that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. He's a babe. Now, in verse 14, but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. Now listen to this. He's talking about building up faith. It, it belongs to them who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern good and evil. So, so 
to operate in a realm of faith, you begin, you've known God. You've proven God. He's brought you along the way. He doesn't thrust you into something without first building a, a basis for it. He will give you no greater trial than you can handle. Now, sometimes we think we can't handle it. But God is greater than all of those things. Okay, now, I, 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 I'm going to just use a couple of quotations I, I wanted to use here before. But Brother Branham would, would talk, and, and this is now, faith is an individual sense that God has given you. Now, five senses contact your earthly home. But the this, this sixth sense, it's given for you to contact God. And he says, people really rely on the five senses, but faith is different. It's the sixth sense when you contact God. You can only contact God by the sixth sense, which is faith. He that cometh to God must believe he is, and he's a rewarder of them. And he says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things you do not see, taste, feel, smell, or hear. But by faith, when he catches the word, now listen, it sends him into a dimension that makes it so real to him, it's just as good as he's got it in his hand. He knows it's going to happen. Now Brother Branham would talk how he entered this realm of faith. He said it's like climbing a ladder. And, and he would say how he'd go in the woods. And he says, you know, and so, you know, he, he's trying to find the mind of the Lord for something, but it's by faith, and he needs God to speak to him and make things real to him. And, he, and, and, and now look at the way he did it. He didn't go and study first. He went to find God first. He had to get in the spirit first. So he said, I just start by going out there, and it's kind of like, uh, you know, one plus one equals two, and two plus two equals four, and he's just kind of in a rhythm or in a channel, and that keeps moving, and he says, and then you feel the spirit of God come in. I was with a brother, and I, as a brother from overseas, a real senior brother, I really respect him, and we were going over a situation, and we needed to have prayer. And he said, let's pray together. And so we're just standing there, and he grabs my hands, and he goes, I thought, okay, I'm just waiting for him to pray. And then he starts singing. Only believe. Okay, now, now just, just he, he's entering something. He's entering a channel where he's leaving things. And he's moving into something. And so he sang a song or two, and, and then, you know, it, and then he sang another one. It kind of got me nervous. Is this a song service or a prayer meeting? And, and so I'm, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't nervous. I'm just saying that. But I, I, I had faith, but I'll tell you what, then he started to pray. And when he prayed then, it wasn't just, you know, this is scriptural. Because in, in, in the book of 1 Kings, Elijah, there was a situation and he said, bring me a minstrel. Bring me some musicians. I, I, I'm not in a good mood right now. I, I, need to, I need to get in the spirit here. So, so faith is a channel that you enter into. And, 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 and it's important that we, we walk in that channel, we live in that channel, we breathe. Now, we're in the world, we've got different things to do. God knows all of those things. But we want to conduct ourselves knowing that he's there, he understands, he knows everything. You know, just like today, when I got the request about this brother, it was immediate. I, didn't ha I got on, 
I just bowed my head and started praying for this man that Brother Ron Spencer shared with me. And, and it wasn't that I had to go and repent and get a whole bunch of things. I, I was ready. Lord, I'm here. This brother has a need. I, I'm adding my voice to it. Lord, hear our prayer. So, so it, it, you know, and then I, I'm listening to Christ the mystery. And Brother Bam says, now for himself, he gets in that channel. And when he gets in that channel, he says, all of a sudden, visions start to break forth. Because that's the way God leads him. And I find for myself, even getting ready for a service, I can't just go and pick up, okay, I'm going to study this, I'm going to do that. I need to get into the channel where it's God, where it's not Brother Ed, where you're moving out of the way. And it's the same for me when I'm sitting in the church and listening. Okay, this wasn't what I thought, but Lord, it's a channel you want to move in. I'll move in that channel. And sometimes the channel's for somebody else. And I say, well, I'm going to stay in it. Uh, maybe I feel I'm doing okay in this, but maybe somebody else needs it. And I'm going to contribute. I'm going to add to it. So um, we're, we're talking about, uh, it doesn't look like there's anything. I, I've come to some services, which I will say were not super anointed, which were not dynamic. But I'll remember from that service one phrase that the minister ministered. And it stayed with me the rest of my life. That'll happen when you open your Bible. Why, why is it important? Read your Bible and pray every day. Because at a moment, and I, I'm, I'm coming to something, and all of a sudden, scriptures come, and scriptures come, and scriptures come. Where did that happen? There was a foundation laid for it. So our senses exercised by reason of use. In other words, I've tried him. I've proved him. I've trusted him. And, and, and every step you take brings you closer to that rapture day where, where you'll have to trust him for more than you can depend on yourself. I'm going to get to something. So I, I'm just, my, my, the time just slips away on me quickly. Now, so I, I said this in Hebrews chapter 11. Here, here, is, here is God, you know, he believed his word. But here we operate from a position of inferiority. Inferiority, I can call it. Now, Adam, when Adam was on the earth, he was a minor god on the earth. He could speak to the winds. He could do all of those things. But when he fell, now listen to the words Brother Branham speaks. This is a wonderful message called The Fundamental Foundation for Faith. And he says, now God gave him power over everything of the earth. After the fall, he lost his power. He becomes unconscious of that fact, losing his relationship and friendship. Brother Andrew was speaking on that. In order to have faith, you need to have relationship. And he says, these great channels became clogged up and he could not get through. Now think of it. Man... He says, in the fall, lost his consciousness of what the Father put him here on the earth to do. In other words, all of the plumbing, as it was, in our brain, the outlets, the faith, had been so clogged up with business affairs, with home life, with domestic things, it's so clogged up that God can't operate in these channels that he made a man for. Now, sometimes, that's where the devil wants to get us. I, I'm, I'll just deviate. I'll just use this as an example. As much as the devil has a way, and, and here, here is, here's how Brother Branham would say it. <coughs> God designed man's body and, to operate. But he says, 
Now Satan, by the laws of sin and death, makes everything that sin and death to operate. Satan sends a cancer. Man recognizes it, receives it. Now you don't have to receive it. Satan sends heartaches. We recognize it and receive it. Now if Satan by his power can make his laws work in man, how much more can God with his power make his laws work in man? Now, now think about how Satan operates. And Brother Branham uses this example. You know, he, he, in, in Christ the Mystery, he gives what we call the word to the church. Now he says, whatever you do, love one another. Whatever you do, and he gives these admonitions, and he goes, now be careful uh, you know, Satan will not let you remain that way. He will come in. Now, just like Paul said, after my departing, grievous wolves will come in. Brother Branham gave us the same warning. He says, after I leave, you're one happy group. Satan won't let you stay that way. But he says, you can defeat him. He says, you, he says, now, buckle up. Stay closer together. And he would make this admonition. And he would, he would say this. He said, he may even send somebody among you. Cause him to sit there and fellowship with you. And then shoot him with poison. And, 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 and we think, oh man, that, that's, yeah, that's how the enemy works. And, and he says, and, then, and we think, well, man, if that ever happens, we'll just shoot the guy. Well, Brother Adam didn't say that. He said, Stay in love with one another. Pray for them. They'll either get out or they'll come in and be one of you. I like that. Because it's not a foregone conclusion. Sometimes we look at somebody and we think, ha, huh, how could they ever be a part of this? But God saw something in them that I didn't see. I have a minister friend and he, he told me years ago, he says, there are some people on the church that I've given up on. But he says, I found out that God never gave up on them. Because there's something in them. And I said, we got to be careful how we look at things. There is something in people that God sees. And we got to be careful how we look at it. Because there's things in us that we never saw ourselves. I never saw myself as a minister. I never saw myself. But God saw something. And I say, you've got to give yourself to that. And you've got to leave room for God in, in other people to do that. So Satan, by his laws, and so Brother Ramos says, whatever you do in this word to the church, and I just was listening to it, he says, don't build up a grudge against someone. Don't develop an attitude. I'm just surmising, I'm not taking the, it'll cause you heartache, It'll cause you bitterness. It'll take the Christ out of you and the Christ out of the church. It'll hurt your pastor, he says. Now, and then Brother Adam will go on further. The Bible says the root of bitterness by which many be defiled. Well, how is Satan, he says, and, and Brother Adam would give commentary. How does the spirit get in? How does the cancer get in? You've got to... You allow it in spirit form, in a fourth dimension form. You allow it to come in and all of a sudden a cancer develops out of a grudge. Out of an attitude. Out of a bitterness. 
and it becomes flesh. Now, these are Satan's laws. What about God's laws? What about God's laws? Now, if, if you have the love of God in your heart, and, you, and something comes across your way, well, I'm not going to accept what Satan's throwing my way. I'm not going to accept that. It's not because I'm stronger, but because I got the love of God in my heart. I, 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 Brother Andrew, you and I, we and I just shared on, a, on a, conver, a conversation the other day. Brother Branham would say this, and it was an out, outstanding statement to me. I was driven to my knees about some situations, some in our church, some outside of our church, and how it's affecting the body of Christ. And, and I'm driven to my and this quotation came across, and Brother Branham says, do you want to be an outstanding member in your church? And he says, and I'll, I'll, if you need the quote, I'll share it with you after, but I'll just repeat it. He says, Start by falling in love with God. And when you fall in love with God, you'll fall in love with everyone in church. And then he makes this statement, and people in other churches too. And I go, wow, that is amazing. And then Brother Branham says, if there's one thing that's been a success in my ministry is that people, I love people. I truly, truly love people. And he says, and I love people, and, and they, with a conscience, they can see that, they can feel it, and you can't bluff them. I think, wow, that's power. That's picking up the, that's the law of faith that's operating there. That's not taking the word and, ah, look what I can do, and, you know, and get somebody's ear cut off. No. That's taking the word and saying, I'm bigger than everything around me. Not because of me, but because the law of faith which is working in me. There, there, there is power in that. Real power. So, so I, I um, a brother shared, shared this with me the other day, and I'm, we'll pick it up in a young people's service sometime, but it's just regarding, you know, the attitudes that are in society today. And Brother Man, I'm going to talk about this. And he'd say, it's been so many years since I've seen a woman blush. Used to be that it was common. When you'd say something, a woman would blush. But it doesn't happen anymore, he said. Now, Brother Man said that in his day. And, and he, was, he spoke a message, the blushing prophet. But he, but he would say that, and a brother told me about a, a man who was a well-known speaker, in the United States, and he interviewed a woman who had lived a very, very immoral life. And as he interviewed her, and she'd written a book, and I won't title the, to give you the title of the book, but there was a statement that he, she made, and she said, as a woman, it was very easy to get men to desire me. But what I regretted, what I regretted, was that they never esteemed me. And that's what Satan is doing. And I will say this, the more we listen to Hollywood, the more we're feeding on, on I'm going to call it little videos, little attitudes, that comes right into our midst. Oh, Brother Ed, that's a strong statement. It is, but I want to get the devil out before he can build a home in here. And I'll say this, when, when the sisters become more aggressive towards the men, there's something wrong. 
I'm not, I'm not pointing at anybody. I don't have anybody in my mind. I, I, I know of some situations outside this church. I'm not pointing at anyone. But I'm just saying, these are spirits. And I'm saying, the attitude and, and the braze, there's something holy about a sister. There's something holy about her body. And there's also something holy about the bride of Christ, spiritually speaking. She's a woman too. And, and, and she, she is there for her Lord. Listen to invisible union. She's, she's answerable for three things, but it's invisible union. There's a real solid something there. To the world, it looks like nothing. It looks like, oh, that? Because the world, the world is looking to satisfy their lusts. The world is looking, Brother Branham said it's come to an, a time like this. Brother Branham said it's come to a time like this where the, the thought of man on earth is like it was in the days of Noah. They look at a woman with one objective. I say, sons of God, we are not looking that way. God has given us our sisters to esteem them highly. It's getting quiet here. Are you all listening? I'm just saying, the, the world, how did the world get to that place? How? Well, just little attitudes. You know, a, a, a woman that, that was pure, just making a little joke and, and just lifting a scandal skirt. And, and the devil used that. Slits and skirts and things. Uses that. Tight dresses. Uses that. I'm saying, brothers, we, we have our duty too. But the devil uses that. And here's, I, I don't have the exact quotation, but Brother Man says, Satan knows just how much to undress a woman. Not fully, but just enough to build up enticement. And she's, and she's deceived and doesn't even know it. Because the spirit that's there is getting men to desire her. I, would you rather be desired or esteemed? I, I'm just saying, look, it doesn't look like much to the world. And I'll say this, the pressure on us is to, to be more noticeable. But there's a right way to do it, and it's with character. And it, and it comes out, and it's a real substance. Okay, this was a little sidebar. really wasn't in my notes, but I'm just sharing you my heart. Okay? So how, how do these things happen? They, they come in with subtleties, with flatteries. They, they come in, and, and, and that's the law of Satan. But what about the law of God? We've, we've got talking about testimonies. We got a sister who came into this church and, I, and, and when she came in the first time she, she wasn't necessarily dressed just right. But she came, she listened, she heard, she fed and something changed in her. And she's a precious sister in our church today. And I thank God for what the transforming power of the gospel can do. It's real. It's a substance, and it builds, and it builds, and it builds, and it's, it, it, it's something. And even though to the world it looks like nothing, it's real. Amen. Things that are temporal will pass away. Things that are eternal will be forever. 
And the eternal you can't see. You can't understand them. You can't understand all these things. My, I have other things I need to come to. We could take many examples in the Bible. I, I'm, I'm going to go back to, let's just go to Zechariah chapter 4. Zechariah 4. <coughs> this, is, this is an interesting scripture. We'll just turn to verse 6. And uh, I won't get into all the preamble. This is the, word of, <clears throat> this is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel thou shalt become a plain, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings, crying, Grace, grace unto it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hands also shall finish it. And thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts has sent me unto you. And then there's this little word. Who hath despised the day of small things? Now, it's kind of interesting how it's talking about this great capstone that's coming with shoutings of grace, grace, grace. Talking about how the foundation was laid by, by Zerubbabel, who was a type uh, you know, of a builder at that time. He, he wasn't a priest. He wasn't a prophet or anything that way. But he was part of the restoration of Israel. And, and, it's, and it says, he started, he'll finish it. And then he said, who despised the day of small things? Now, the message we live in, Brother Van would say, this message has no certain message. In other words, Luther had the message of justification. Wesley had sanctification. And, and, and Pentecost had the restoration of the gifts. But this last day messenger had no certain message. But he gathered up all of the loose ends. A little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit there. Now along the way, you know, you, you could say, and Brother Man would refer to him, people call me an old crank sometimes. You know, but... It, it was important to God that he had to have the correct baptism. It was important to God that he had to have the correct order in a church. And now some people will despise it. They'll say, ah, it doesn't matter how I act in church. And I'll, I'll just say it again. I said it last week. Your disorder in church, and you know, your disorder in church can cause somebody to fail. I, I, that's really serious. Now, it was important to people. If it was important to God, it ought to be important to us. I need to be baptized correctly. I, I, I need to have the right attitude. I, 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 if, God is, if, if God deems, you know, being a part of church and, and being a part of supporting, a, I want to be supportive. If God deems tithing important, I want to be, be a good tithe payer. If, if, these are just little things. This is not important. Well, let me go back in the Old Testament. It was important to Abraham that when the king of Sodom said to him, hey, here, you have all the spoils from the battle. And Adam says, I want none of it. And then furthermore, he took a tenth of his own and he next met Melchizedek and said, I'm giving a tenth of it. Now, it was just a little thing, but it had substance to it. There was, it didn't, like, what are you doing, Abraham? 
You, you go down to Genesis chapter 23 and you read where the, the, son, I don't know, the sons of a certain place is, is actually the place where Job was buried. But they offered to Abraham when Sarah died. The whole, there's a whole scripture chapter written of this. When Abraham, when Sarah died, and he says, here, you take this parcel of land. And Abraham says, no, I'm not taking it. I'm buying it. I'm paying for it. And when he paid for it, he had to make that distinction. Now, it was important. Why? There was a substance attached to it. And sometimes God moves on our heart and it causes us to do things that other people don't look at and say, that is nothing. Why is that so important? No, it's more real than you know. You, you've all heard the testimony. Brother, Brother Branham, is, he's um, crossing the border. You know, and... and Customs agent says, do you have anything to declare? No, I've got nothing to declare. And so they cross the border. They've driven two hours down the road. Billy Paul opens up a chocolate bar. Where'd you get that? Oh, I bought it over. We didn't declare that. Ah, just go on. Brother Branham turned around and went all the way back. Now, he was a prophet. Every little thing mattered. How he answered a tax man on the phone mattered. It mattered to God. It mattered to everyone. I, I say this. It doesn't look like much. But it's really real. And you know what God makes real to you. And say, I'm seeing something in it. Though it looks so, like, it, it seems ridiculous to me. But I got to do it. I'm just speaking just from my heart. I could have taken scriptures, but I'll just do it this way. There's a really interesting thing that happens when Naaman the leper, we just were talking on that. Naaman the leper, he comes up to, you know, this little maid, and he, he ends up going to see Elisha the prophet, Elijah, Elisha, I think, Elisha, and, uh, and he comes to see him, the, uh, the prophet, and... Um, and as he comes to see him, he says, and Elijah doesn't even come out. Sends a servant. <laughs> well, it, it, it like just, already that rubbed him the wrong way. And then he says, listen, you want to get rid of your leprosy? Go down to the muddy Jordan. It doesn't say muddy, but it, Brother Brown said it was muddy. Go down to the Jordan and dip there seven times. And Naaman, by this time, First of all, he doesn't even come out. Doesn't give me a... Secondly, he tells me to go on to the Jordan. That is ridiculous. And he's enraged. Enraged. And as he's enraged, he's going off. But he has a servant. Oh, thank God for that servant. And he begins to appeal to him. He says, Master, if he told you to go and fight an army, would you have done it? But he tells you this little thing. Why don't you do it? And, and he said, well, I, and finally they went down and did it. And, you know, and Brother Ben would rehearse the story. You know, he dipped once. Ah, nothing. Just like I thought. Not even a change. Second time. Six times. Not even. That's it. I'm out of here. But the seventh time. And it changed. There was something that was necessary the first six times. And it only manifest on the seventh. And the same thing. When, they, when the children of Israel marched around Jericho, six days, not a single change. But the seventh day. Friends, that was important. 
It's not what we see with our eyes, but it's obedience to God's Word. It's faith in what God says. It's tangible. It's real. I see something in it. Now, <coughs> I, I, I could have read in Second Peter, and it would actually talk about how we're lively stones but there's a part in second, well, I'll just read this. First Peter chapter 2, verse 6. Wherefore it's contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect and precious, and he that believes on him shall not be confounded. Now the cornerstone was just a rock that was on the corner. It, it, it was cut. It was there for a purpose. It, it was there at the base. It wasn't, it wasn't there, but it was precious. But nobody viewed it as precious. Nobody esteemed it to be that way. Now we're talking, the Bible's talking in an allegory here, it's talking about Christ. The Bible said there was no beauty that we should desire him. It didn't look like there was much to him. But oh, and Brother Branham would, would give the vision how he saw him in the sage field and then he saw him standing there and the, the wind blowing through him. And, and, and he just, if you ever listen to it, he didn't look like much to the world. But in him was the whole reason of creation. This message doesn't look like much. Listen, those of you that have been raised in it, maybe some of you just come in and you can see it, but some are raised, it's all I've ever known. Yeah, it's just like anything else. Oh, it's precious. It is real. There's something in it. And I say this, if you can see it, and you can embrace it, and you can walk with it. So it says this, if you believe on him, you won't be confounded. The builders disallowed this. They said, this stone, this doesn't fit anywhere. It could have been, a, it doesn't, just kick it off. The builders disallowed it. So much so, they took that stone and the Bible says in the next verse, and it became the headstone. Now, this is talking about Christ, but it's actually also talking about us in our age. I, I wish I could make this more real today. I, I just, I, it's a rock, a stone of stumbling, a rock of, of offense. Even to them which stumble at the word being disobedient, therefore they were appointed. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. A peculiar people. You don't look like much, but of whom the world was not worthy. Now, let, let me just take this just for a moment. This is a prop. It's not coffee, but it's a prop. It's just, let's call this, there's something under here. Doesn't, you know, you, you look at it and say, Brother Ed, what is that? That's just a, a dish towel on, on, a, on a piece of something. Doesn't look like much. And so you say, Whatever. You know, just leave it there. But what if I told you in there was something? Now, I'm, I'm using this a little bit out of what Brother Adam would talk about. A masterpiece message, and he'd say, under this rock, this slab of stone that Michelangelo looked at, everybody said, that's a slab of stone. There's nothing in there. It's, just, it's rock. But Michelangelo was looking at it and studying it, saying, no. There's something more in there. I, you know what? I think Moses is in there. 
Brother Ed, how in the world do you see... I'm just being Michelangelo for a second. Michelangelo, how do you... Well, you've got to look at it right. Sometimes we, we look at people and we don't know the value that they bring to the body. The Bible says you're uncomely part sometimes. I think we, we ought to just say every child of God is important. That, that, that doesn't look like very much, but there's something in there. And he began chipping at it. He began chipping at it. He began chipping at it. What's God doing with you? He's chipping at you. And you know, one day, it's going to come out, and Moses is there. You might not see it, but he's there. There's something in the nothing. Oh, what's in this trial? I don't get it. There's something in it that's of great value. Your character, your molding. He's wanting to make you more like him. Oh, friends, it's everything. I'm going to stop right there. Let's have the musicians come. Moses. I like coffee, but I like Moses. <laughs> I, I, I'm just going to stop because I actually have other things that I'm going to share, but I'm going to leave it there. I, I want you to think about this. There's a, there's a quotation that has been a blessing to me over the years. Brother Branham would say, our eternal destination is not based on what we see or what we hear. But it's based on our discernment of what we see or what we hear. So the other part of the story of Naaman and the servant is there was Gehazi. And Gehazi, who was Elisha's servant, he never saw what Naaman's servant saw. And he thought, this is an opportunity for gain. We don't have money. We don't have the things we need. I'm going to chase them down and say, hey, uh, you know, because they wanted to offer him rewards. He says, we'll take the reward. But he failed to see the greater reward. Oh, friends, there is something greater than whatever this world can offer. If we can look, sometimes the thing that is nothing is actually everything. Just a testimony with somebody I was sharing. Somebody was sharing with me today. There's a situation, and, and it's about a man who, who's, who's gone a certain way and done certain things. And then he says, how can be anything good out of this? And he says, and then, but he said he met with that, that man's son, and he says, and that son, he's been looking at this, and it's changing him. He's saying, I need to be more circumspect. And it's making, God will work things out that we can't even see. I, I wish I could bring this out better today. I'll, I'll try and bring out more of it. Let's stand together. <coughs> Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. Nature refined till 
think you had the other song up here, Sister Ruth, Beautiful Christ, Beautiful Christ. Just like to sing that. Beautiful Christ, Beautiful Christ, King of my life is here. 